Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fullest Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Boswick. Today's guest is Nicole Granado, who is a holistic nutritionist and women's health specialist who specializes in hormonal imbalances, PCOS, adrenal fatigue, eating disorders, and much more. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming all the way to me. It's so, it's just such a special treat to be with someone in person and we haven't seen each other in a while. And I think this is just so fun because we've known each other through the years and like my business has changed a lot since we met and your, you know, our lives have changed a lot. You're a mom now and you have an amazing, amazing little boy and a wonderful husband. And I'm so excited to catch up and just kind of like also share about everything that you're up to. Amazing. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So I kind of want to start with like back when you kind of got into wellness. Um, I know that PCOS is definitely something that got you in it. I'm curious though, because um, I know that you come from a family who's very conscious and like you have this amazing background where have you've never been vaccinated, right? No. That's so <laughs> awesome. And so you've never been vaccinated. Did You were homeschooled. Mm-hmm. I'm sure... That also kind of meant that you ate pretty well. Yep. So how does, you know, if that's what your belief, you and I have the same belief system that food is medicine. I'm curious, how did PCOS come into play? Obviously, we, you know, I know that there's so many other factors that contribute to, um, you know, different diseases or different challenges that Mm. we go through health-wise. So what do you think happened there? I think... As like any teenager would, like I had a certain upbringing that was super conscious and um, definitely had um, a lot of benefits into like my life and my body in general and also just in the way in which I approached certain things. But I did have a phase when I was like 17 where I was like, I'm going to just rebel against everything. Yeah. And it only lasted a year. (laughs) Because I was like, I don't like this actually. Um, and I and in that year, I had taken birth control because I was like, I don't want to get pregnant. And I almost think it was like everybody was doing it. So yeah. I was like, maybe I should do it. But I remember the one thing is, is I had a doctor that was like, you should get on birth control because it's like the the safest thing you can do as a woman to protect yourself for, from cancer. Oh, interesting. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll do it because I was like a little bit paranoid about that kind of stuff. For and then, sure. Um they where did you grow up I grew up in New York okay yeah and so and so I I went on the birth control and I kind of had this year rebelling and I honestly think that that's what gave me the PCOS and I kind of have this like perspective that a lot of the PCOS is connected to the stuff we're putting in our bodies and may it be like the the ingredients that are inside vaccinations to like what's inside birth control and all these different hormones that I think it's a it's a it's a like a uh, an effect of all of that kind of stuff. I totally agree. And I think that my upbringing and where my body was as like a young adult is what, what is why I was able to combat it so easily and so quickly in combination with everything that I was doing because now I have clients that didn't have my upbringing but have like amazing health results within just like three months mm-hmm. of like completely changing their lives just through making lifestyle changes. Um, Will you define what PCOS is? So polycystic ovarian syndrome is basically a disorder, hormonal disorder, but um, it's when women develop cysts on their ovaries. And Um, so that's interesting. Actually, my sister just found out she had a cyst and then she found out she was pregnant at the same time. But it was like she has a seven centimeter fatty cyst. Mm -hmm. So is is PCOS... Is it like it could be fatty or fluid? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and they always say that you can't get pregnant or it's very hard to get pregnant with PCOS. But like, I just don't think that that's true. Yeah. I've seen so many people get pregnant with it. Um, and, I, and I've actually kind of seen and like people's bodies just kind of naturally rid themselves of it. It's almost like phases. And I think that 
I don't know if they're necessarily super, I don't know if they're necessarily bad in a sense that like if you have it, like that's it. You have PCOS, there's this mentality that like once you get diagnosed with it, there, since there's no medical cure, you'll have it forever. Interesting. And I went through that because when I had PCOS, um, I went back to my doctor to get checked like three months after I started doing my own protocol. And I asked for my ovaries to be checked and I had no more cysts. I had seven cysts on my ovaries. Whoa. And my doctor was like, no, you still have PCOS. And I was like, well, how is that? Like, that doesn't make sense because I don't have any cysts. It isn't <laughs> polycystic ovaries. And I'm like, the main, the main reason, the main thing is like that you have cysts on your ovaries. <laughs> and he's like, no, because there's no cure for it. Like you can never get rid of the disease. I'm like, but I don't have cysts. So wouldn't I just have a hormonal imbalance then? Cause that's, yeah. and they were just like, he, he couldn't like yeah. meet me there. Um, that's so interesting. My, yeah. well, my sister who, when she found out that mm. she had, so she, her baby was a centimeter when she found out. And then the cyst was seven centimeters. And she literally just told me this morning, which is so interesting yeah. that you're saying this, her cyst went down to two centimeters. Wow. So like yeah. you're saying it just, your body yeah. can do it. Yeah. They either like some of them just dissolve, they get so small or like some women say that their cysts just fall out of them whoa like that can, happened to me like you can see it yeah like whoa. you can see it in your underwear that's crazy yeah it's pretty wild actually yeah it happens to a couple of people and just your body ridding it of ridding like ridding itself of something that doesn't serve it wow so yeah. what's so then from there you kind of had a protocol that you yeah so from there I went to another doctor I went to two other doctors and I basically didn't bring any of my health records and I was like um oh I just want to get checked um my hormones and um get check my ovaries I've heard of this thing called PCOS I'm wondering if like I show any signs of it um both of them said no <laughs> so I was like, okay. So one doctor diagnosed me with it and was like, you're always going to have this. You need to go on birth control and stay on the drugs, which I never took anyway. But like, and the other doc, two doctors without seeing his history, were just like, no, you show no signs of it. I was like, so there's something really fundamentally really wrong here. Yeah. And so that's when I decided to start putting together my protocol and what I did. And then that's when I started working with other women as a nutritionist because a lot of most of my work is all based on nutrition and lifestyle changes and like a few herbs um and just by bringing more awareness to intuitive eating and like how we treat our body and how we think about like everything and in, in, as a whole and um and then yeah and then I've been doing it for like six years now I know I mean yeah. I remember because I started poppy and seed mm-hmm in 2014. Yep. And you were doing, what was it called? Did you call it something? No, it was just my name. Yeah. It's yeah. always been Nicole your name. Brown. Oh my yeah, gosh. It's always been my name. And I think, I don't know how we connected, but it's so crazy. I don't crazy. remember. I think I had, I don't know, maybe I had a publicist at one point in yeah. the beginning who had us meet, but it Aww. was like, I think it was like right before you were married. Yeah. Before it was all that. Way, 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 way. Yeah. So it's fun to kind of watch each other grow and see I how. Know. It all unfolds. But so during all this, you also started a um, like self-care yeah. line for so women. I had Willow, which was, yeah. um, which, oh my God, I've been talking to my husband about bringing her back. I, I think I'm going to bring her back in a different way, but I started Willow because I wanted um, to bring... I did a lot of like my own studying on like body image and sexuality and how that connects into... Um, wellness and how we take care of ourselves and the image that we have of ourselves and um, I feel like sexuality is something that's really not tapped into or discussed mm -hmm. as young women um, and it's obviously so different when you become a mother but um, yeah as young women and so I've noticed like when I would talk to a lot of friends I've known for a while like you would talk about sex and it would always be so like everyone could talk about sex, but then the minute that you talked about your vagina, it was like, oh, like, I don't want to know that. I don't want to hear about that. And you're like, yeah. all these things that we think are so, um, we've been conditioned to think are like, oh, private or, or menstruating or anything really. Um, 
And so I started this line called Willow Feminine Oil, which was meant to be just like a self-care vaginal oil, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people loved it. I still get emails about it. Like, They're can like, you please, please bring, bring it back? It back. <laughs> I mean, and then the mist. Uh, yeah. And, and you ha- did you have tea? We had tea and it was just a hormone tea. Yeah. Yeah. A really relaxing hormone tea. So that, that all will bring, we'll be bringing back through the project that my husband and I are working on right now. So um, fun. But but yeah, I love I love those. So how did you meet your husband? Because he's Australian. He's Australian. So and we... I love his accent. I know. How did like what? He's the best. Did... I I forgot. I mean, when I just saw him, I was like, oh yeah, I totally saw you guys at the market that mm-hmm. we had, and you were already married. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Wait, we were. Yeah, we got married. <laughs> we got married like six months after we met. Um, so we That's met. So cute. And I know we met, and um, we we met through mutual friends. And um, and you moved to Joshua Tree together. Yeah. Okay. Well, we met through mutual friends in LA. He was working in London. Um, what does he do? He's an engineer. Okay. So he was working on like offshore. Um, building and he works for uh, like um, solar <laughs> oh, cool. windmills in the ocean. Oh wow! I'm blanking right now. <laughs> but anyway, so he works on he works in those projects. He was working offshore in Norway on this construction site, and then in between there in London, and he was visiting friends in LA, and I went to their house. And it wasn't like a setup or anything, and I had this my friend's baby in my arms. And he walked into the, their Airstream. They were putting, getting it together because they were like doing a whole summer Airstream adventure with their kids. Fun. And I just saw him and I like threw the baby at him. And I was like, <laughs> here. And I was like, I ran out. And I was like, oh my God. And I just got all blustered. And then we spent the night hanging out. And um, he, and then we, we, you know, I went home and we saw each other one more time on that weekend but it was so brief um and then we didn't like we we didn't see each other again and like two weeks later um he thought I was dating someone else which I wasn't oh but that was what he thought and so we hadn't talked and then I wrote him a message he responded to one of my Instagram posts I wrote him a message like we need to talk about the night we met wow so you <laughs> were like, like I'm literally just gonna... all I said and I was like walking into Erewhon to get a salad like I was totally in another world and I was like I'm just gonna write this yeah um and we talked every single day since and we spent seven weeks talking every single day on the phone because he went he back away. to London yeah and he was working offshore and so I couldn't see him and so we talked every single day. Like, we had never even kissed. Wow. And so we fell in love before we even, like, kissed each other, basically. Aww. And had this really... And which was amazing. Um, and then I went to visit him. And our first kiss was in the airport. Wow. And then I spent two weeks with him. And then we did another six weeks apart. And then he came here for two weeks. And we did another six weeks apart. And then while he was away for that time, I was like his project was done and he had to move out of London anyway because his visa was up and I was like why don't you just come to America let's see what happens and then we're married wow yeah so he was able to come what was it like for him to come here like how long did he stay here when he came he stayed so we weren't sure if he was gonna stay um full time or what was gonna happen so he just came as like a visit and then we got married and then we went through like a green card process. And then when... Do you need to get vaccinated to get a green card or a visa? You do. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. so yeah. So that's, so that was kind of like our hurdle that we, we had to decide. Um, and so basically we, um, you know, we, we were going through the green card process and then we moved to Joshua Tree in that time because I owned a house before I met him. I remember you were like, mm-hmm. you, yeah, you moved out of LA and has, have that beautiful home there that you yeah, designed. Exactly. And so, um, we, yeah. And so we, we, we moved to Joshua Tree and we found these two horses the weekend that we moved. Aww. We were driving by a race track breeding farm or yeah a race track breeding farm and I was just like oh let's go and I grew up with horses so I was like oh let's go in and let's just see them I just want to pet some horse I haven't seen them in a while so we walked in and we walked into this farm that was just so sad and we were like what the hell did we just walk into and I was like I need to find who's running this place and 
finally found the guy after like trying to speak Spanish to like everybody. <laughs> I was like, I was like trying to like get through everybody. I was like Google translating and I was like, anyway, I found the guy and he's like, yeah, we um, breed uh, racehorses. And I was like, oh, and I just played dumb. I was like, oh, like, do you sell so there are people like we're interested, whatever. And he's like, no, but I have one I need to get rid of. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, I'll take a look at him. And he brought us to who is now called Baby Chief. And he brought us to his uh, stall. And he was just like butt turned to the back, like facing a wall, like staring dead at it. Had been in that stall for seven months (gasps) and was so skinny and had like cuts on his body because they they were like they tried to train him for racing. But he's like he's not a horse. He's not a racehorse. That horse is not. I mean. Taking him on a trail ride is a challenge. Like he is not he is not the guy that races or walks very yeah. much. So he had like this big cut on his back because I think that's where they were hitting him to yeah. try and get him. So they like kind of like broke like one of his or did something to one of his bones. He has this like indent in his on his butt and his spine. Sad. So we saw him and my husband was just like, we can't just leave him here like we have to take him and I was like yeah so we're like we'll take him so, so like most couples get a dog together <laughs> and you guys got a horse yeah. <laughs> and so we got him and then we were heading north to the Pacific Northwest long story short we were coming back my husband built their whole paddock oh in Joshua gosh. Tree I was going every day to see Chief and then he's like, oh, I have a mare coming off the racetrack tomorrow. If you want her, you can have her. We're getting rid of her. So they just gave the horses to you? Yeah. So I went and what? I was like, okay, well, I'll take a look at her. And I got there right before this other guy went there because he wanted her to harvest her eggs. <gasps> and then they would put her down. So basically what they do to all the mares oh my God. is they take them. They breed. If they can't use them, they like breed them, breed them, breed them. And then they sell them to vet veterinarians, believe it or not who take their continue taking their eggs and then they put them down why do the veterinarians continue because they sell their embryos oh my so like our mare was like a fifty thousand dollar horse and they would they would sell the embryos like i just came across a mare last week that we're thinking about taking um but I'll, i'll i'll tell you more about that later but like they um, each one of her babies sold for $75,000 and then they just get, they just dispose of them. So I saw her come off the trailer and I was like, which one is she? Cause there was two horses and they're like that one. And I was like, that's the horse. She's a fucking goddess queen. Like wow. she is, <gasps> she's my, like, she's that's my so soul. Cool. And I was like, I didn't even tell Khan. I was just, I just like, I'll take her. And yeah. he's like, well, I have another guy coming. I was like, listen, I will give you more than he gives you. Like, I'm literally not, like, you're not, that's not happening. Like, yeah. I'll give you the money right now. Wow. So he's like $500 and he gave her to me. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Okay, so what happened to the horses when you were in London then? So right now the horses are in Northern California. They're at this um, sanctuary, this like farm called the Flag Ranch Sanctuary. And so they're on 90 acres and they joined a herd of 50 horses and they're Whoa. just like running the hills. <gasps> they're having free so much fun. And like living their best life. We're going to see them in two weeks. And so that, that'll be the trip where I'll decide if I bring them home or if I leave Let, them there. Yeah. Um, I That's just don't hard. Know. Yeah, yeah, it's hard because Chloe. You have Finn and yeah. you have so much going on. Well, we're going to have more horses. Wow. We've already rescued one last week. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So they'll, they'll, we're going to have horses no matter what, but in Joshua Tree, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just a matter of if we bring back our. This episode is brought to you by Clean Cult. Clean Cult makes non toxic natural cleaners that actually clean with ingredients you can actually understand. They're redefining cleaning up your home and the planet with shatter resistant, refillable glass bottles, and their natural formulas are packaged in 100% recyclable milk cartons. We're partnering with them to offer you 25% off your first order. So go to cleancult.com forward slash the fullest to place your order. That's spelled C-L-E-A-N-C-U-L-T.com slash the fullest. 
So like when you me. got pregnant, mm-hmm. I remember like we were kind of messaging back and forth and you were in Mexico. You went to Mexico, right? No, or... we went to, um, we were in Joshua Tree. We went, we went from Joshua Tree right to London. Oh, you did? I yeah. don't know why I thought for a little bit you were in Mexico, but no. Joshua Tree, Mexico, very different. But for some <laughs> reason in my mind, my mom brain mind, I was like, oh, she's having so much fun in Mexico City. I don't know why. And then, okay, so you went to London. Did you ever think you'd be in Australia? Like, yeah. Are you close with your parents? Were they, is this their first grandchild? Are they bummed that you weren't near them? I mean, I think me and my husband are both happy that we weren't near our family. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's (laughs) cool. You like set your own, you know. No, I think we either one of us wanted to be near our family. So that, I mean, that was great. I think the hard part was for us to be away from our community yeah. and our friends. Um, but when we got pregnant, we basically, I never wanted to have a baby in America because the vaccine laws scare me. Yeah. And I didn't have health insurance when I got pregnant. Um, and when I got pregnant, I, I, I was like, that. I need health insurance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just like put my money into preventative medicine. Yeah. It's just kind of where I feel... Yeah, I have it's catastrophic insurance, but like I think I'm yeah, fine. exactly. Um, but so I called to get health insurance, and they were like, "Sorry, you don't qualify." What? And I was like, "Because you were already pregnant?" Yeah, I was <gasps> like, "I'm." Well, they're like, "You need to wait for open enrollment." And I was like, "Well, open enrollment's like end of December or whenever the hell it was. I don't even know. I still don't know. I still don't have health insurance." And I was like. <laughs> And I was like, well, I'm pregnant. Like, I need to go get my tests. I need to get all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, no, sorry. They read me off a list of, like, qualify, like, people that would qualify. And getting out of prison would qualify for health insurance. But being pregnant doesn't. And the best part is, is that if I have a baby outside of open enrollment, I basically, that baby would have to be viable for 48 hours that's how they that's what they how they called oh it my for 48 God. hours before they would consider it a life that's so, insane yeah because so, i consider it a life as soon as you like literally yeah. insane so i went and i just remember just like bawling because i was like i can't have a baby in this fucking country yeah. like and i definitely know that i'm very privileged to be able to say that yeah like I'm, I'm aware of that, but like for me having that option, I was like, I need to take that as an opportunity. And then right around that time, um, my husband's job offered, offered him his job back. And, uh, and so they were like, yeah, we have a project we want you to work on. It was in London. And so we were just like, you know what, let, like, let's just go and let's just have Finn and um, did you think you would end up there or you knew that it was just kind of like a well I was always period. like I will never move to London mm-hmm. oh you always said yeah, that I was oh, like told Khan and so Khan when when that decision came up he was like you have to be the one to to make it like I'll do whatever Aww. you want but like I'm not making this decision for us because this like you're pregnant like you're about to go through this massive transition like you need what you need and yeah this has to be your decision so amazing that he gave me that to yeah. like make the decision but also at the same time I was like <laughs> I know I why me <laughs> yeah um and so yeah and so I was like you know what like it's one year and uh we were planning to go to Australia after that year and then COVID happened and we basically had Finn like three weeks before we went into lockdown. Hold on. I wait, how pregnant were you when you went there? Five and a half months. Wow. That's a big decision. That Five and a half huge. months pregnant. It was huge. And we were flying with our dog and you can't fly with dogs on the plane to London. So we had to fly into Paris and then from Paris, stay two nights, get our dog his passport, get in a car <gasps> and drive to London to bring our dog five and a half months pregnant. I didn't and like, know that. Oh yeah. It was really intense. And we like moved into this house that there was like no furniture. And so we got into this empty house. We've completely built our like little home and furnished it and everything. And so I'm like seven months pregnant, still putting this house together. Oh my gosh. But I'm so happy that we did it. Cause like a perspective and B. I mean, my birth there would have 
I mean, I don't even know. Like, to get midwives and I was having a home birth and everything, like, the government completely supports it. So I had midwives that were paid for by the government. That's That amazing. literally I called and they would just come over whenever I needed. All my checkups were completely free. All my blood work. Everything. everything. I have not one bill for Are my you birth. serious? And I ended up having to go into the birth center. Um and I had Finn in the birthing center because I was in labor for 40 hours. And when I got to like about 30, hour 36, I was so tired and in so much pain that I was like um, pain from the labor. Like I hate saying pain because I hate, I don't want that to scare people. I loved giving birth. Like I yeah, can't wait to do it but again. But it was very, but it like yeah, in, it is. in the labor part, it's just like. It's gnarly. And I said to Khan, I was like, if. I like get so tired like I, I need to feel like I'm there and if I need help I can get help and luckily when I got there I like ended up becoming like more dilated and he came really quickly so you didn't end up getting any no that's awesome and then um he but when he was born he like took a big breath because he had his cord around his neck and oh then he stopped breathing <gasps> so they snipped him from me really quickly which is like I'm quite sad about still but because um, I think he would have continued breathing. I think he just needed a minute. Yeah. But it was amazing because they snipped him and she called the code. And within, I'm not joking, like six seconds, there was maybe 10 doctors that pounded through the room and everyone came just in case. So everybody who was needed, who could have been needed, was, was there. there. Instead of being like, oh, we have one emergency. Oh, you have to call for that person. They get there in three minutes. Like, yeah. Everyone is ready on standby. And so whoever, and so whoever wasn't needed left. Wow. And it was like, and he ended up breathing in like a second and it was totally fine. But I hemorrhaged after birth oh. because when he, um, when he was born, like, and he got taken away, like I kind of got out of the pool and they wanted to give me the Pitocin to get the placenta out. And I was like, fuck that. I'll get it out. And I just pulled. Oh, oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> I was like, I have adrenaline in my veins. Why would I need your Pitocin yeah. to get this placenta? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but then it made me hemorrhage. So I was there for six hours after and still nothing nothing i was like hooked up to medication for it like got all of his checks everything and then the best part was is they're like great we're gonna like here are the vaccines that we want to give you um were you already prepared like you knew what their protocol was to say no to or like because in the u.s you have to sign off beforehand no 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 okay. you can do it on the spot i was more open to the vitamin k before I did more reading on Me it. Me too. Like, I, I was like, I'm never going to do anything. Vitamin K, maybe. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah. yeah. And I was like, you know, um, yeah, I was more open to it. But now when I, when I then, when I like kind of went in and I um, had him, I, I was just like, no. I was like, the idea, the idea just made me feel weird. And so they wanted to do like the hep B, which I don't get. Like, yeah, no offense, but my kid's not going to go shooting up heroin on the street corner. Like, yeah. I don't think he needs a hepatitis B shot in his like five hour old little tiny body. I know. So, but I said no. And they were all like, oh, can you tell us why? And I was like, I just don't believe that he needs it. And like, that's just my belief. And they respected it. Like they were totally cool. respectful of it. Um, I didn't have to have any like arguments or fights. They were a little bit more pushy about the vitamin K because they really don't believe that they have enough vitamin K. But your breast milk has all of that. I mean, and I can't get behind the reality that like the placenta doesn't provide the baby with yeah. vitamin K for survival out of the womb. Like I honestly don't think in the medical world that we value and respect the placenta enough. I know. Yeah. I actually kept my, I didn't even know, Con kept my placenta Aww. and put it in the freezer. And before we left Cole? London, he dehydrated it for me because I was like, I can't, wait, actually, I'm wondering where it is. He dehydrated it right for now. you? Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, shit, I totally forgot to take out. We have Airbnb guests. I hope they don't. <laughs> it's in the freezer. I just, That's I just so remembered. Funny. They're going to be I like, are these people organ harvesters? <laughs> 
Well, he like cut it into strips. Oh. He did a little like, prayer over oh. it. And then he cut it into strips and he put it in the dehydrator and it was dehydrating in our house for like two days. That's amazing. So it smells, I heard, when it does that. Yeah. I mean, because I had mine, but I like got mine prepared and dehydrated, but then I took it a couple times. Mm. I took two capsules and then I was like, this doesn't make me feel good. So I stopped taking it. So I've heard that sometimes that can happen and it's good to take like later on. So it's cool that you have it. Yeah. For later. Or yeah. even when you go through menopause. So I have a tincture from yeah. when I go through menopause. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you can do with it after it's been dehydrated. So we were thinking about doing is this like planting a tree. So Khan's parents Aww. planted his placenta, planted a tree for him and then planted his placenta underneath it. And it's a eucalyptus tree. And eucalyptus what? trees are like my favorite trees. What are the odds that you met <laughs> another guy in L.A.? How did that happen? And that did that conversation come up in the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. It it was like pretty we've always with Khan and I, like we've always been super aligned. Like people never understood how we could spend so much time. We spend every day together, mm-hmm. all day together. Like yeah. and people and we and we faced a lot of judgment for it, actually, from really close people, from the people that actually introduced us. Oh, interesting. Um, just of like how our relationship kind of began but we were we were so aligned as people and like in every way possible that it it just like worked and like from the beginning like our conversations were about like you know how we were raised and like what our belief systems are and like how we want to raise children and like how we just approach everything in life and so it was pretty wild I mean to have at this day and age to like fall in love with somebody over video I used to call it video time I understand it's FaceTime (laughs) FaceTime and like the phone where you're left for seven weeks to just use words and talk it's not like going out and getting distracted or like all these things like you're actually spending that time and we would talk for like four or five hours a day wow I don't even know what we talked about. Well, I also love that you knew, I mean, obviously you're in this world and like you, you were both raised a certain way, but you both knew you didn't want to vaccinate Mm -hmm. and you had these conversations like circumcision, you know, Mm -hmm. all these things that all of those things come up before you got married too, because these are things that most couples navigate once they're married and once they're you know pregnant and then they're like oh shoot we're not on the same page this sucks yeah yeah and yeah it's interesting because I yeah all this like and I find it interesting that that conversation doesn't come up more and it makes me think like that nobody really knows how to communicate because it's like how can you not have those conversations well I also think that people don't know to make like people don't think about circumcision they're just like it's like at the hot it's like I bet even they don't even think about until they get to the hospital have their baby (laughs) and then they're like do you want to circumcise like my son is not circumcised yeah and I I can't understand how I know anybody could do that I mean no judgment but like I don't know I just yeah especially like I made that skin like I don't want someone to just cut it off and take it and like and make that decision for for your child and I and I actually asked my brother my younger brother who's now in his 20s and I was like are you mad that our mom circumcised you because my mom circumcised she did and he was like actually yeah like I feel like it's really fucked up like that like that was my body yeah (laughs) like that wasn't her body and you know, there's a lot of like other issues he has with her, but like, so I think it fueled some of the other stuff, but like in a whole, in a whole sense, it's like, that's like, he's, I I don't think that we as mothers are taught to like, understand that even though there are children and they depend on us, that they are their own people. Yeah. And so in parenting as well, like we never read a parenting book. We never read any, like we have read zero books on anything. We were never like, we want to learn how to raise or take care of a baby. We were like, we're going to listen to what he needs. Because if I'm going to read a book and I'm going to try and learn how to take care of a child, 
that's assuming that everybody's the same and everybody's so different. There's so many parenting books and everyone has like so many different philosophies. And I think about that all the time. Like, and you could just get a book and then be like, well, that's what this person said. So it must be true. Yeah. Like I've read so many books where it's like, um, I mean, I haven't read it, but I've read about all these different philosophies that people are like, oh, apparently there's like a counting method where you like count things down. It's like 10, nine, eight. And it's like, obviously the way that I am, I, I'm not doing that. And so I was thinking, wow, what if my husband just randomly found, found a book on Amazon that was recommended to him, bought it. Cause that happens all the time. And then you like read this and you find it, you believe that it's truth. Mm. And then you never trust your own intuition or trust how your child, I mean, your child and my child are going to be completely different. Totally. Cause they're just like, they have their own way. Like my son doesn't want to get dressed at all anymore. (laughs) He wants to be naked. He wants to sleep naked. He wants to be naked. And like, I, I don't know. There's just so many different ways people would deal with that. Right. So I think it's really cool that, you know, there are people that want to go back to like trusting their intuition and seeing what totally yeah and people will say to us like because finn he's like the hat he's always happy and he never has freakouts like he never has and yet meltdowns and is like i i mean he never cries like he's never upset and it's because, like, I see when he's frustrated with something and I, like, watch and be like, okay, he's frustrated. He sometimes he gets frustrated with his own limitations. Like, he wants to do something, but he can't yet. Yeah. So you, like, help him try and do it. Or, like, I know that there's certain things that he, like, you know, he just, like, he loves people. He loves exploring. He loves doing things. So I make sure that, like, I pay attention to things that he loves. And, like, I instead of when he's frustrated and ignoring him, I, like, help him. Mm-hmm. And so he never gets that point where he needs to, like, f- freak out and express that he's not being heard or he's not being seen or, like, any of these things. So I, I feel like that's made a huge difference. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's, I mean, it's been... What did you do about Pacifier? Never did it. I love and it. And he we were like firm like not gonna do it and then he came out of the womb always sucking his thumb like he was always sucking his thumb and so we just encouraged that for him to use yeah. like self-soothe and so when he was like about to fall asleep or whatever he'll just put his thumb in his mouth and then he'll Aww. just kind of like drop his hand out of it that's so <laughs> sweet yeah so you know we never did it. i mean there's so much research to show that um it's not good for their jaws that's what and I as well, heard. like my friend was saying, like I kind of feel like it's a silencer, like I'm silencing. I that's my how child. I always felt was yeah. like, oh, you're sad. I'm gonna shove this in your yeah. mouth so yeah. that you, you know, stop yeah. crying. And that's a, the like the way in which like when if he does like have a if he like falls and he has a cry or whatever, like we've always been really conscious about our words, so we'll never be like, oh, don't cry. Yeah. Or like, oh, no, you shouldn't cry. Or like distract him with something. We'll like hug him and hold him and like let him process and cry. And like if, and then he finishes in like a couple of seconds or whatever. And then he like kind of moves on. But we never wanted to be like, telling him not to express yeah. or Sh- when he's like, like shushing. Yeah. Stop or like crying. when he's wild. Yeah. Because he's wild he has a lot of energy we're never like you're crazy we always use the word wild so yeah, like yeah. substituting certain things to like i make totally it more. agree i i've really noticed okay so like we have a little play group here at the office as you know and um i'm i'm typically around non-vaccinated kids like that's just how it has been for us and i like we have some kids that are vaccinated that are part of the playgroup and that are all the same age. And like the ones that aren't vaccinated are geniuses. Like, I'm not kidding. They speak in full sentences. They're just like happy. They're, they're just completely different than the ones that are, who do not speak, who like their demeanors, just everything about them. Like they're silent. Yeah. And, um, so that's what I was going to say that reminded me of it is like, 
And uh, going back to like when truth was Finn's age, like at eight months and stuff, a friend of mine, a couple friends of mine have eight month old babies and like one of them, you like can't ignore them in the room. You know how sometimes like there's a baby and obviously, obviously they're like, you know, sometimes really quiet and people could just like totally forgot about them. But when they're awake and aware, like they're so engaging. Yeah. And the ones that are vaccinated aren't. Yeah. And it's so crazy because I already feel like I knew this, but to watch it go down is a totally different thing. Well, there is a doctor that I posted about, um, forgetting his name. He's out of New York and he has been a pediatrician for 20 years and he's, he is fighting for, um, people to have the right to vaccinate their children. Yeah. And, um, he basically said in one family, I've seen a family that has had three children, the first child fully vaccinated, the second one, half the third, nothing. And in that family, you see a massive, massive, massive difference between all three children. The first two are always sick, have some sort of like disorder, have consistently been coming in. The third one is like completely different child, super healthy, super strong. And I mean, I, I, I think that like it's, it's not a, a super scary yeah. topic for a lot of people because I think whenever you start challenging the conditionings and what we're conditioned to believe and obviously safety because everyone's trying to make the best decision based on like what how to keep yourself and your family safe so it's very triggering and challenging but I think that one thing that my husband and I always say is like we're not anti-vaccine we're anti what's put in them yeah and for sure being able to choose like we have a privilege to be able to choose because there were vaccines and there are vaccines in the world they play a role in society and they play an important role or they played an important role but when we're putting all of these like neurotoxins and aluminum and mercury and all these things that we're asked and told to stay away from them and scientifically proven to cause huge detrimental effects on us and then we're injecting them into little tiny children Like when we're not thinking because we're thinking that doctors are telling us it's safe and people and science is telling us it's safe, but it's like we don't ask any more questions because we're just conditioned to believe those sources. I I always say, I'm like, what about all those parents that lost children? Or what about all those children that have died? Or all those children that like have huge, huge, huge effects that are gonna affect the rest of their life? What if that was your child? And if it's not your child, you're very lucky, but like, are you okay with it being somebody else's child? Yeah. And now what if like you make a decision that you feel is best and you feel it's best to vaccinate your child? That's amazing. But what if you didn't have that choice and there are vaccines that made you feel safe or completely taken from you? How would you live like every single day, the fear that you would live for your child's life? That's what people who choose that vac- not vaccinating their children, that's what they're feeling. And then the most important one is like, if the vaccines work, then why does it matter? Isn't the point of it to protect against the virus? So why would you want to risk putting all those things into your child if you didn't have an actual safe protection? I know. <laughs> like none of it. Makes I don't sense. get it. Like if you add it up, it's common sense. I I think that's so important. If it works, why do you care what yeah. I do? You know. But and I think, I think for me right now with like the elections coming up, it's an interesting topic because I'm like, had COVID not happened, I probably wouldn't have the political views that I have now because of even though like medical freedom was threatened prior to COVID, it just like heightened everything and it made it so people live in fear. And when people live in fear, they make really interesting decisions. And like they like, for example, even with a mask, like if I'm not, I've had multiple people come up to me. I was at the park the other day. There was absolutely no one at the park, just me, my friend and my baby. And a woman comes out of nowhere. I'm still inside the park and there's like literally a gate around us. She's like totally 
way farther than six feet away from me. And she's just walking through the, um, not even through the park, like around it, um, to get somewhere else and sit. And she yelled at me because I wasn't wearing a mask, but there's no one in the park with me. Or like I was, you know, dropping something off really quick at the post office and the post office by my house doesn't require a mask. And I literally got yelled at by someone and my son and I got yelled at and he was so frightened that he ran outside and I was terrified he was going to run towards the street. And we just like ran out there and she treated us, treated us so poorly. And it was all because of how fearful she was because of the media. Um, and it's just interesting now because I'm like, I, I have friends that are like, so do you think that Donald Trump actually cares about all of these things? Cause I'm like, no, I, I don't think he cares about all of these things. I don't think he cares about like the fact that there's 5g everywhere. I think that he's for 5g. I think that there are so many topics that I totally disagree, but the one topic that I care about is medical freedom. And I know for a fact that I mean, there are two topics I care about, medical freedom and the environment, because I 100% want a world where my children will be able to live. And I want, I care about the earth, even if I didn't have children. And so those are different, but we're taught to believe that like the environment is like only the left cares about the environment. Yeah. That's what we're conditioned to believe. And it, it's interesting. I'm so curious it, what your husband would think about this documentary, Planet of the Humans. It's a Michael Moore documentary. Oh, he'd probably love it. And it's like all about and like just the way we've approached climate change yeah. um, over the last decade and how it's interesting. Just our renewable energy um, market is actually not as as good for the environment as we thought, which is so crazy to me because I'm like hundred percent buy into all of it. And I think no matter what, at least we're trying to like do something about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the argument is like, if one side denounces it, like that doesn't help us. But I wish that these topics or like medical freedom and the climate, I wish that people came to the agreement that these were actually bipartisan topics and not what like red, or left versus right. Yeah. Because it's like, I think that if we're talking about medical freedom, we're talking about my body, my choice. Yeah. And so like, obviously then it comes down to everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Cause I'm just like, I think that medical freedom right now and the threat against like, I, that is one thing that I've always agreed on when it came to this discussion about Trump versus Biden or left versus right is like I think the threat on losing the choice of what to do with your body is so big and I think that that right now it's being heightened but it's like I was saying to somebody I was like do you believe that you have a right to have an abortion or do you believe that you have a right to do anything to your body and are you in the streets marching for women's rights but like this is a human right that's being threatened and and we're and we're threatening it and we're supporting it for the fear of a virus that, like, it, I <laughs> that mean, the fireman down the street from my house totally. literally told me is not even as, like, as dangerous in terms of all the calls they've gone as the flu. I like, got COVID crazy. in December. Oh my god! When I was pregnant, my what? husband got it basically at the same time. In London, I got it in London. When I, I thought it was the flu, was it shitty? It was super shitty. Like I did not feel good. I almost got, I was afraid I was going to get pneumonia. I almost got pneumonia. I put herbs in a bowl of hot water. I put my head over it when my like throat was like, my chest was killing me and I was just breathing it in. I took my vitamin C. I did all my things and I got through it. My dad has got, everyone in my family has basically gotten it. My oh dad's yeah. Cause in, they're in New York. York. Yeah. Everyone's almost gotten gotten it. My dad was like, "I'm not going to the hospital because if I go to the hospital, I'm going to die." Yeah, like that's the it's that, like that's medical the mentality. Yeah, and I was afraid to go to the hospital because I didn't want them to put me as a high risk pregnancy, even though we didn't know it was COVID. I just thought because I was sick, <gasps> so I didn't want to like risk have not having my home birth. 
Um, but that was in December. Like, I personally believe that this virus has been around since, like, September of last year. For sure, And I yeah. think that, like, everyone that I know was like, oh, I had the worst flu this year. And I think that it's been around for a long time. And I think that I was, I, I had this, like, was so frustrated today because it was like seeing all these people in LA it's very different in London we were never forced to wear masks I know and I don't think people here know that no I mean in London like okay the numbers of London are bad right now right it's like 17,000 cases a day but the deaths are hardly anything so like are we scared to get sick or are we scared to die? Because we're always going to get sick. There's yeah. always going to be a new virus. There's always going to be a new flu. And we get an update. Our totally. body gets an update. And I think that what would have been really smart was like, hey, if you feel afraid for your life, if you are immunocompromised, if you live with someone who's immunocompromised, wear a mask. And if people don't respect the space of people wearing masks, that should be a violation of something and yeah. those people should get punished. But then now everyone's wearing a mask because they are kind of supposed to, they're not really sure. So we don't actually know who's actually in danger and who's actually really scared because now everyone's wearing a mask and I'm not wearing a mask on the street. I'm not going to wear a mask in public. For me in London, if I saw somebody with a mask on, it would be so rare. I would make the effort to go across the street, not because I was worried, but because I wanted to make them feel respected. Yeah. And that's what should have happened in this country because now, like, you don't actually know who's sick. And so yeah. now if you have a difference of opinion, which, thank God, we all, like, there's a difference of opinion here, but, like then you don't know who you need to protect because I think more people would care about protecting the people that really need it than not. Yeah, I totally agree. I just I just don't get it. Like, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. I think the conversation around, like, you don't wear a mask so you're racist is, I mean, there are people that say that. And I think yeah. that I obviously get why they're saying that because we have a vulnerable population who happens to be predominantly black, predominantly a minority population that's that's dying from it. But like if you talk about healthcare Honestly. and you talk about the shitty healthcare that our minority population is getting, rather than like, okay, you're pregnant, you take you do herbal steam and take like vitamin C and some supplements. Like yeah. that's what people say is like, well, people don't have enough money to buy supplements. And it's like, let's talk about how much that healthcare actually costs. Let's talk about how much it actually costs to go to the hospital totally, and get that care. Totally. And like, it's just so interesting to me because also like, I want to take it a step back and talk about like culturally, there are so many traditions that different cultures have that we've like totally steered away from that. Like, these are things that are inexpensive. Like we bring these remedies from all different parts of the world. We bring turmeric, we bring you know, our herbs and spices that all these different cultures use that are inexpensive that have been their medicine. But because of our, um, the way our society has been and the, because of like people not giving, not being educated enough to be educated on the fact that alternative medicine can be healing. And like, yeah. then they kind of like we've stripped that away from all these different people that have immigrated here. Like I see it firsthand. Like I see, um, my family, you know, my yeah. extended family that has come here and like, they're still like super Persian. So they have all these things, but they've, they've like stepped away from what all our culture says is like healing foods and stuff. And they're just like going to, you know, I'll just take a, my mom loves this. I'll take a Z pack because I'm, about to come down on something. Yeah. So I'm just going to take an antibiotic to prevent it. So her preventative care has yeah. become an antibiotic. And that's yeah. like, that's the problem. And yeah. the, our minority population, that's the problem because yeah. they are, they have comorbidities because of their lifestyle, because, because of the way that we live and the way we take care of them. And that's yeah. fucking racist to yeah. me. Yeah. Not the not wearing a mask. Like it's racist that we don't support these alternative preventative healing modalities for people. It's not covered by insurance. I like, I honestly didn't even know that 
you're considered racist if you didn't wear a mask by some yeah. people because I got to a point where I like the QAnon thing. Like yeah. I've been accused of being a QAnon supporter because I posted something about a little girl that was trafficked and used for sex. Oh my and, God. and because I cared about that, oh, well, you know, a QAnon thinks da da da. And so it's, you should check your facts. And like, if we're going to politicize the fact that a little girl was raped and filmed and that's going to now, you're going to take the severity from that incident and make it political. At that point, it broke me. I was like, when there's something that I can't stand, I'm not even going to learn. So I <laughs> probably heard that, but I was like, I'm not even going to engage and give that attention because it's so fucking insane. I know. I know. Like I, I had I that same. I actually can't even. Yeah. I had that same thing with just having Dr. Christian Northrup on and people were literally messaging me, you better take that down. You yeah. need to take this podcast down because you're, and we didn't even talk about any of that. Yeah. But just because I had her on, I'm like, what about the fact that Oprah called her one of the top 100 visionary leaders? Yeah. Like, so you don't make any sense. Like, obviously she is an amazing Dartmouth trained medical professional and she has so yeah. many like reasons why she's qualified to speak on what she speaks on, but just because I don't know. And I find that interesting too, is as soon as your views don't align, as soon, as soon as like, yeah, as soon as someone's views don't align, then that person is not credible Yeah, because they don't align with what you think is true. And instead, like when I hear something that, is not what I thought was true. Like, even if I, I'm, I'm never going to change my perspective on it. I still listen because I'm like, let me understand. Cause I, I'm a person that likes to understand things. And I, I feel, I try to be as like level and like considerate to everyone's use as possible where I'm like, I could see your point. Like, like right now, the like with politically, like Biden versus Trump. I get why people are going to vote for Trump. I know more people voting for Trump than I know more people voting for Biden. I get it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think that that's going to be the way I'm going to go. Yeah. I don't think that I, for me personally, it's not going to be, but I can understand and respect people that are going to do that. Yeah. Never in a million years thought I would say that. I know. I was, I say this a lot. I was curled up in a ball when Trump got elected because yeah. I thought that I was going to be put in a concentration camp because the media, like, basically made me feel like because I come, my parents are from a Muslim country and because this is my, you know, my lineage or whatever, that this is what was going to happen under his presidency. And yeah. like, that's when I like shut off, you know, and the in television. some senses it is what's happened in his presidency. Yeah. Right? Like for what sure. The with immigration, with like the kids for sure. But I also think that like, there's just, I, I think that there's so much more to learn outside of yeah. what we're told. And a hundred percent like ice, the situation with ice, like, and the children it's, and being a mom and like understanding that it's it just so horrifying, but so it's much. also just like, this is an issue our country has had since forever. It, yeah. He made the kids come in, you know, it's hit under his presidency that these babies yeah. are being detained. But yeah. it's been an issue for yeah. way longer than him. And I think that, like, I think it's all interesting. I don't know. I, it's I just... think, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I think, like, I think, I think when you go back into the history of this country, there's been a lot of things fundamentally wrong. And I think, like, it shows the fact that he became president, how fundamentally wrong it is. Because he, he's even, like, our president at this moment. Exactly. It's just, yeah. like... Yeah. A lot of shit was wrong before him for, exactly. for that to even for happen. For that to happen. Um, but I, I think that like, I think where the biggest, and my husband and I had a discussion about this before is like, you know, the media is to me the scariest of everything because you can't trust anything. I like know. whenever I hear something that somebody said, like, if I hear an article about something Biden said that people are like freaking out about, I go and I watch the press conference and it's not what he said. I know. If I hear something about what Trump said that everyone's freaking out about, I watch his press conference and it's, and you, and not to be like, oh, I like them or, oh, I support this person over that. 
just to continue to prove to myself how untrustworthy the media is because totally. that sentence isn't what they're saying that it is. I know. And that's what's made it break down. I've literally taken off all news channels. I don't, I don't watch it. I haven't yeah. watched it in like two months. I think it's so good. I, I think you made a really good point because I've even like everything, even with COVID, like going to what the doctors are actually saying, the press conference, the doctors are having versus asking the media, yeah. everything goes back to what's the actual source saying, yeah. not like a derivative of the source. Totally. And I think that's just like a really good practice for us. And I think that's really cool that we're in a time where we're learning this and we yeah. teach our kids that and we we're just like breeding different people, yeah, you know, totally. and it's super fun. But, um, in terms of the human trafficking thing, it's like so wild that that issue has been politicized and so much. I actually just went to a talk with Tim Ballard. Who, I'm yeah. I like him. can't believe I met him. Like yeah. he is amazing. Yeah. And, um, if anyone hasn't watched operation Toussaint, that's like a documentary on him and his life. And, um, he is the founder CEO of OUR Operation Underground Railroad. Um, and he's basically a real life superhero where he yeah. full on like goes in and saves kids that are and women that are being trafficked. Yeah. Um, but like learning about it is interesting. Like for like, I think it's really important to say I live in Orange County and like recently there have been a lot of moms talking about how um Orange County is on high alert. Um, be careful when you go to Target and Whole Foods because there have been a lot of kidnappings or attempted kidnappings and people are working in twos and there's like this whole story. And there are a lot of pedophiles and they're targeting Orange County and it's been like terrifying. And um, I go to this talk, Tim Ballard's there and the head of social services for Orange County mm. is there. And she was like, it's complete bullshit. It's not real. In Orange County, they don't need to come kidnap your kid. All they need to do is find a broken kid on the street, which there's plenty of them, offer them McDonald's and shelter, and they've got them. Like, we don't, in the United States, specifically in Southern California, in Orange County, the way you traffic a kid isn't by kidnapping. The rest of the world, yeah. But, like, when we think of these, like, extravagant ways that people traffic kids, we, like, do a disservice to, like, the whole process. And I, and I just want to bring that up because you mentioned it, that, like, yeah. I think everyone should look into this issue of human trafficking because there are 2 million children that are slaves and they are as young as, like, two years old infants. even younger yeah infants infants i've literally like, watched a talk about saying that like infants are it's used. so disgusting and like okay it kind of goes back to the circumcision thing so i'm i just think it's so wild because and this is like kind of a theory it, uh, my theory kind of goes into it but like basically tim ballard says in the documentary and he says this in person but he's like every single time he's caught someone yeah. like and whatever they're going to jail and they like interview him they um and I say him because it's predominantly men doing it to women um they basically he says the story is the same they started with a playboy they um when they were younger and then they like got into porn and then like they couldn't you know get that same feeling so they kept going younger and younger and younger to the point where they just like, that's the only thing that could get them off because they're so desensitized wow. and it's so disgusting and it's so wrong. And like, I think like, this is obviously, you know, my theory and like, I've, I've been talking about this with some of my friends, but it's like when we, um, remove the foreskin on, a little boy's penis when they're born it's completely desensitizing them they're taking out all of their nerves nerve endings which is like at the tip of your penis and like you're basically making it more difficult to feel pleasure and yeah. I 100% believe that there's some like some way that that's connected yeah. Because it starts there. It starts with, like, for example, I have this doctor who's super holistic and I love him so much and he's my family doctor and he believes in circumcising. And um, he's like, you're gonna, your son is going to have um, 
what's it called? Like premature ejaculation and stuff like that. And he's going to get into it prematurely. And it's like, well, it's just seen as, so that automatically is seen as a bad thing right away instead of trying to holistically teach our children. Okay. Like this is, you know, who cares when they, when they recognize that they can make themselves feel good. Yeah. You I know? mean, my husband isn't circumcised yeah. and he never had any issues. So yeah. Like- <laughs> it's so interesting. It's so interesting. You know, like he remembers being, you know, I, don't, I mean, I've, I've actually only seen, I think one circumcised penis wow. in my life. I've actually never really. And I remember it, it was, I like, I prefer uncircumcised penis. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, I think they're you nicer heard looking. it on the fullest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just important to talk about and bring up so that it, these are topics that someone who yeah. might not be pregnant, might not be in a relationship, might not be having a baby, but they're like, oh, that's like something I could even think about right now. Yeah, totally. I can make my own decision on it. So I just love making it a little more normal too, because yeah. I don't feel like anybody really talks about it. And it's like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. I just... Yeah, I'm so happy that you came and um, you shared with us a little bit about what you're up to and the way that you are raising Finn and and just, you know, the trajectory of how things are going with you guys, because I really value your opinion. I love everything you have to say, and it's been really fun following along. So thanks for coming and sharing with us. You're so welcome. I'm excited to see what you do next. Yeah, we're just, we're in Joshua. I'm actually going to do... I'm actually working right now on doing, um, I'm going to be rehabilitating horses so and Joshua, cool. we're building out a, um, a luxury wellness retreats in Joshua tree. Wow. Yeah. And I'm going to be doing offerings with, um, holistic horsemanship. So like helping like basically heal horses that are in need. That's um, so beautiful. And then teaching people how to like properly connect with them and like heal through them and bringing it all back around with the same herbs that we would use as people we can use to heal horses that's so cool and heal animals so yeah so that's what we're kind of working on so you'll see more about it yeah so follow nicole along on instagram that's probably the best place right Mm -hmm. at nicole granado at nicole granado yeah thanks nicole you're welcome